0: You're listening to the Grace Through Faith weekly podcast.
1: For more information,
0: go to
2: mygtf.org. We hope you enjoy. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. All right. Um, Turn over to um, Proverbs chapter 29. Um, This morning is going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm going to be starting a new sermon series next week, um, and I want to kind of uh, set that up this morning, and so um, it, it, this is what Hebrews 12 says, okay? The, the new sermon series that I'm going to be getting next week is titled On Your Mark, and, uh, and one of the things, I don't know if you remember this or not, but whenever we were in school on recess, we would go to, uh, you know, play with our friends, and I don't know how many of y'all would race, but uh, it was a normal thing to get your friends and see who was the fastest. Um, I was never the fastest, but I, I, was, I, I was game to go try to be one of the fastest, right? And typically, whenever you would race in school, you would um, you know kind of line up and somebody would say, on your mark, and they would say, get set, and they would say, <laughs> It's been a little while for some of y'all before you, since y'all were in grade school, I could tell, but that's typically how it's somebody would say, go, and then whenever you got into school and you started running track, and then typically there was a referee saying, okay, runners on your ready or get on your mark. Runners set, and then there was a starter pistol, right? And one of the things that I want to do in this sermon series is spend some time talking about how we as a church can get ready for the race that's before us. This is what Hebrews chapter 12 says. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And so we're going to spend some time talking about how we as a church can be ready and on our mark and and set for whenever Jesus says go and there's a race before us. Amen? But before we get there this morning, I feel like I I want to cast some vision. And so this is going to be a Vision Sunday, and we're going to talk about the race that is before us, and what's going to be transpiring next. And if you've been at GTF for any length of time, you've heard me share this passage of Scripture with you before. Proverbs chapter 29. And this is what it says <clears throat> in verse 18. It says, Where there is no prophetic vision,
1: the people cast off restraint. Now that, that,
2: that phrase, cast off restraint, it's the Hebrew word para. And it means to let loose or to uncover. And so, to kind of get the understanding of what Proverbs 29 is saying, is it's saying if you don't have a God vision in your life, you're going to cast off restraint. You're going to be uncovered. You're going to, to, to let loose or not have direction. And to kind of get the picture of that, back in ancient times in Middle Eastern culture, whenever that proverb was written, it was typical for women to wear a head covering. And that's even typical today in certain Middle Eastern countries, right? To have women who have a head covering. And even if some men in in antiquity would have a head covering. And one of the reasons why, there was religious regions for sure. But one of the reasons that they would have a head covering is because like we've experienced here in West Texas on a windy day. If you didn't have something to bind your hair with, it would blow all over the place. This was before rubber bands and headbands and 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 things that you could use to bind your hair with, they you'd, would use a head, a hair, a hairdressing, a head covering. And so, if you could get the picture, like we know all too well. April night was windy this week, and we were getting in a car, and she was mad. And I, and if we got in the car, and she was like, the stupid wind. And I look over her hair was like every which way, and that's the 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 picture of para. Whenever you do not have prophetic vision in your life you're going to go in all kinds of different directions. God wants to give you direction for your life that is specific to you and the season that you're in and what He's doing in your life. Amen? But it also prepares us for the vision of God, for what He's going to do and what's down the road. See, the other part of that word, para, means to uncover. And, and, and it means to uncover, to, in, in a sense, to expose, like you did not have the proper clothing for the element. You were naked. And like we experienced just a couple of weeks ago with some extreme temperature plunges and, and really cold weather, it's like you wanted we actually had you know the news and, and the 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 National Weather Service telling us to make sure that you're covered up because you could get frostbite very quickly in very low temperatures. And that's the other part of this 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 concept of casting off restraint is that you're uncovered and unprepared for the elements that are gonna encounter you. See, whenever we have prophetic vision, vision from God. It gives us direction, and it makes us ready. It makes us prepared for what's ahead. And so one of the things that I want to do today is I want to talk about the vision of what we've been talking about in our eldership of where we're going as a church. We've been talking about on our staff of where we feel like God is taking us. And as we're, as we're talking about that, this is the thing that I think that's, that's really encouraging. God's been moving in our midst as a church. It's been fun for me as a pastor. And I want to kind of talk about some of that this, this morning. And, and back in 2019, we made some, some strategic changes. Uh, we, we hired Bo and Mercy Perkins and brought them on our team. I, we kind of shuffled the deck with our team a little bit and tried to tweak some things so that we could be more effective. And it has borne a lot of fruit. And one of the things that I want you to see today is that in order for, for GTF to be positioned for long-term success and to steward what God is doing in our midst, we need to get ready. We have to be prepared. We have to have direction. We have to have a prophetic vision from God so that we can have the proper direction and be prepared for what He's doing next. Now, <clears throat> I, whenever I say this, I'm not saying anything that's going to surprise anybody, but last year was hard. And I know everybody's tired of talking about it and, and all those things, but I want to give you kind of a peek behind the curtain of, of some of our uh, some struggles that we've had as a church some conversations that we've had as an eldership and where we're going next. Um, last year, as we kind of um, headed it, before we headed into um, COVID, right, um, we had some tremendous momentum building as a church. So much so that in, in some of my staff strategic planning meetings, we were, we were kind of addressing some occupancy issues. And so we uh, typically around Easter and Mother's Day, I, I mean, the church world is no different than the business world. We have busy seasons and a slower season, right? And Easter and Mother's Day are our two biggest Sundays every year. Every, pretty much every church is the same. Those are, those are the times whenever people in the United States of America are going to church because Easter is our most profound holy day as Christians, and everybody wants to go to church with mom, right? And so, so it's like we would always kind of hit these spikes on Easter Sunday and on Mother's Day, and, and we were full. Well, what was starting to happen in 2019, heading into 2020, was we were starting to have some occupancy issues on other Sundays that weren't kind of the, the, the high attendance Sunday. We were, we were getting to the place where we were having to co- have a conversation as a staff. It was like, okay, do we need to offer two different services and go to multiple services like we have done in the past? Now, we've never done that while we've lived here in this building. But if you're old enough to remember this and been around long enough, we used to actually meet downtown and be in a storefront and we had two services that we were offering. And so we were starting to have a conversation in our team of what do we need to do to be ready to offer two services and go to multiple services to alleviate some of the capacity issues. And so there was this momentum that was happening and we were starting to have to strategize on how to handle that. Offerings were going up, people were going through growth track regularly, baptisms were happening, all of the wonderful things that you want to see happen in God's house. Amen? People were engaging. And so you guys know the story. We, we, we roll into 2020. We start kind of having some strategic conversations about what we're going to do to address these issues. And all of a sudden, COVID hit. shuts everything down. And I'll just have to admit this to you today. I was struggling big time. It's like we were starting to see some major success in some of the the plans that we were putting out, some of the strategies that we were trying to do to reach Duman. And this, this lockdown happens, and I was just kind of in this place of just going, God, what the heck? I don't know if you ever said that during COVID or not, but I did. I was like, what's going on? It's like, if you're a leader and you're trying to lead a group of people, one of the things that you really do want to have is momentum. You don't ever want to lose it, and if you do, it's hard to get it back. And so it's just realizing that I was just really struggling. And one morning I was praying with some friends on a Zoom call during COVID and everybody's social distancing. And, and I was just kind of talking about this it's like, man, I'm just really struggling and just being frustrated. And one of my friends gave me this prophetic word. He said, Joy, I just kind of see the church as kind of like this four by four truck going into a mud puddle. And, and it's like we have all this momentum built up and, and, and we hit this mud puddle and that momentum is what's going to propel us out of it and onto the other side. And regain momentum. And that may sound like a simple word to you, but it was something that really hit me hard in that moment because I was really struggling with some discouragement. And I held on to that and I prayed that and I believed that God would do that very thing. And so here we are on the other side of COVID. People are starting to get vaccinated. Numbers are coming down and people are re-engaging in church. Um, Momentum is starting again. I don't know if you were here a couple of weeks ago, but um, we had one of the largest services that we've ever had. We had um, almost 300 people in the building, and we had 13 baptisms. I'm just telling you, that was a fun day for me. That was a fun day for me because one of the things that you want to see is people surrendering their life to the Lord in such a way that they want to declare it to the world. But not only that, if you kind of look at the numbers a little bit, more careful if we, whenever we incorporated our online viewership, we had just 398 people, just short of 400 people that were tuning in. And those were extended viewers, not those little short ones, right? 300 people in the building, 98 people tuning in online for that Sunday. And listen, that's February. That's one of our slowest months. And so it, it, as we move into a new moment now, we as a team have had to kind of start having the conversations like, okay, Easter this year. That's kind of the, the, the date. It's like, do we need to offer two services to alleviate capacity issues? We talked about offering two services during COVID to, to allow social distancing, but we didn't have the volunteers to actually pull it off. And so we're at this place where I believe as a church, we need to position ourselves for long-term success and lay a hold of some prophetic vision from God because if we don't, we're not going to be ready and we're not going to have the proper direction. Now, the only thing that I know to do today is to talk to you candidly, and to talk to you with an open heart, um, and to, to show you, give you a peek behind the curtain of what's happening next and what's going to come, because I've had this burden on me ever since January of 2020 that it's like, we've got to get ready for this. We've got to get ready for this. And so many of you know, and, and we've had this conversation for a long, long time. Whether it personal conversation, we've had this conversation in our eldership and we've definitely had this conversation in our family that there was going to come a day soon whenever the Buccaneers were going to have to look outside
1: of Dumas, Texas to provide for the needs of our son. And because of that reality, and, and it's not here yet today,
2: this isn't my last Sunday, okay, but I've had this burden just weighing on me for at least the last 12 months to 18 months of going, I see this on the horizon and we have got to get ready as a church. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you kind of about the story because this is basically what is happening. And in, in, in basically tomorrow, we are officially beginning to search for the next senior pastor of Grace Through Faith. Now, here's how we landed there. What I, and I don't want to be vague today. I want to give you all the details so that you know what's exactly going on, so that you have the vision, because we have a plan. We, we know that this is happening. We know that this is going to happen, and we want to make sure that our house is ready for long-term success, even after Pastor Corey's gone. We want to steward what God's doing. Because the reason I'm talking about momentum is because what God has done at Grace Through Faith is special. This has been one of the most profound privileges of my life to get to pastor this church. Now, it's not unique. God moves in different places, and he uses other churches, and they are successful in all those things. I'm not saying that we're unique and nobody else does it like we do. What I am saying is it doesn't happen everywhere. Churches are closing their doors on the regular basis in the United States of America. And whenever you see a church and God moving in such a way where a church comes together and facilitates the move of God, you want to steward that. It's special. And that's really the heart that motivates this conversation because this isn't a fun conversation to have. And so let me re- rewind a little bit back to last March, March of 2020. Um, we had an elders retreat. And um, actually this elders retreat I think was scheduled for February and we had, to re- we had to postpone it because we had some scheduling conflict with some of our guys. And uh, so we rescheduled it for March. And if you guys remember, March is whenever all the COVID stuff was starting to kind of happen and everybody was kind of, there were rumblings about you know, with social distancing and stuff shutting down and all that stuff. And so we were—we kind of started talking about, well, do we need to postpone our meeting? And I was like, no, I have got to talk about some stuff. <laughs> I've got to get some stuff off my chest. And so we had this meeting, and we, we came together. And one of the things that I put on the, on the table to discuss at that elders retreat was, what does life look like for grace through faith once Pastor Jory is no longer the pastor? And I got the kind of the same response that I'm getting from you guys. It was super quiet and super somber. And the thing that I told our elders at that time, and I want you guys to know, I'm the one that has pushed for this conversation to happen. I told those guys, like, guys, we have to talk about this. We've got to do what's right for our family. The church has got to do what's right for the church, and we've got to get the church ready because that's going to happen at some point. And so that's been the motive of this. And so we talked about this in our elders' retreat, and we kind of, kind of had these loose it was just a loose conversation of, yeah, that's going to happen one of these days, and we definitely need to get ready, and we, I think we left that time together. This was kind of our commitment. It's like we just need to have a conversation about this, and then let that conversation go on and on so that we're prepared whenever things kind of get a little bit clearer. Well, here's, here's the clarity, and I, I, I strolled into this. This is just Pastor Joy's personal prayer life I'm going to show you a little bit of. I, April and I... Came into January of 2020, and we were, we, we were really seeking God for some specific things in our family. And one of the things that God, he gave me this prophetic word personally. He said, this year is going to be a year of clarity for you. And it was. Uh, we entered into the COVID lockdowns, and the picture for us as a family became crystal clear. I think that I, April and I, it's like, we don't talk about this regularly at home. It's like, what does McCoy's look like? Life, what does his life look like whenever he's older regularly? Because it's not a fun conversation, but we know that we have to be aware of it. And so one of the things um, that I think that we've had this idea of is one of these days in Dumas, we'll just find somebody after McCoy graduates, we'll find somebody who can be his caregiver and stay at home with him and, you know, do some things for him and, and, and life will be good. We just really believe that, that that's probably going to be the solution. Um, well, the, the clarity that came in COVID was we were months after months after months sitting at home with our son, and it was not good for him. And he wasn't at home with a, a, a friend or a caregiver. He was at home with his, his family, and it wasn't good for him. If you know McCoy at all, you know he's a very social being, and he needs to be active. He wants to be active. He enjoys being active. And so we, that's the thing that became super clear for us as a family. is like, we can't do this scenario long term. He will deteriorate and it's not going to be good for his health. And so we just began to kind of start thinking of outside of uh, what else is there to do besides staying at home every day. And, and if you don't know this, there is nothing in do it. There's, there's, there's some things for some higher functioning um, adults who have some mild special needs, but there's nothing that can care for his needs, and so we have to look outside of Dumas. And so I I talked to our elders about that, and and it was just kind of that reality pill of going, yeah, this is going to happen, and, and it's going to happen sooner rather than later. McCoy has, this is the thing I want to say, I want to say several things this morning, but I want to tell you this. Dumas Independent School District has done a fantastic
1: job with our kids. They do a wonderful
2: job with our students. But especially with our special needs programs that we have here in the district, they do a fantastic job. We have never worried about um, his needs or how he's being cared for because it's been exceptional every single day. And so as we start thinking about what life looks like as he ages out of the program that he's in in DISE, we're going to have to look outside of Dumas and look to other programs. Now. This is basically kind of what that that, that sped up the timeline for for us as a family. And so in September, as we started a new school year, we kind of come out of COVID lockdowns, new school year starts and all that stuff. I began to have a more urgent conversation with our elders of, hey, guys, I know we started talking about someday we need to do this. But in September of 2020, I, I just told them, I was like, guys, this needs to happen. We need to start looking for the next senior pastor. We need to start now, not later. And so we did. Um, we we just everybody just realizes the need and we want to be good stewards and we want to be in the prophetic vision of what God's doing right now. I do not want to stick my head in the sand. I do not want to lag behind what God's doing. I want us to be up front. I want us to talk about what needs to be talked about and be ready for what God's going to do next. And so we started in September. Um, I did. Uh, it was kind of I, I took this upon myself, and all the guys knew this. I just began to start calling. We have a great relationship with Trinity Fellowship Association of Churches in Amarillo. We're a member of TFAC, Um and they, we have an apostolic connection with them. And so, I just begin to have a conversation with them. It's like, "Hey, this is what we're doing as a church, and what we're fixing to be doing. How do we do this well? How do we do this in a way that's good in the long term?" Because I've seen this happen, this transition at the senior pastor level, and sometimes it's dysfunctional, and sometimes it's unsuccessful. And we are endeavoring to do this in a great way. And so I, I got some great feedback from them. Um, I, I, I talked to some different pastors around different, uh, different parts of the country that I know that have transitioned well and done it in a great way and got some great wisdom and some great counsel. And so we just began to kind of execute this plan, and I'm going to lay this plan out for you this morning, and begin to look for where could there be potential candidates. And, and basically in that round of searching, we came up with one person and we decided as an eldership that that's not enough. We want more candidates, and we want this to be a broad pool because we want somebody awesome. And so basically what happened next is uh, this is <clears> – <throat> so that was in September. We, we kind of come into January 2021. We're here in this year. And um, we basically decided to hire a consultant. Um, I got a great reference from somebody. There's, a, there's actually a consulting firm. The name of the firm is Vanderbloemen. you can go look them up. And we hired them to help us find the next senior pastor of Grace Through Faith. And we have been extremely pleased with their services. They're very professional. They specialize in helping churches find senior leaders and do this transition well. And so we hired them. They came in. They consulted with us. We had our first consultation with them in January. And we kind of started talking about a timeline. It's like, hey, um, when do we foresee this this transition needing to happen and so we kind of from that conversation begin to kind of you know backfill the timeline and and our consultant basically on that meeting at that meeting he just told us like y'all got to talk to the church right now and of course all I, th- I was not alone I was shocked I was like what right now and our elders were all in the same we were all in the same boat we were surprised because our thought was let's go find somebody and let's start talking about it then and he's like no you don't, y'all need to talk about it right and so that was in January And so since then, we've been kind of getting some ducks in a row so that we can have this conversation and so that we can launch our search for the next senior pastor of Grace Through Faith. Now, that brings us up today. Here's what's going to begin tomorrow, is tomorrow we are going to officially begin a nationwide search for pastoral candidates for GTF. And basically what's going to happen, and this, this is going to go quickly, our goal is to hire somebody by the end of the school year. That may be ambitious. I don't know. I just believe um, that we can find somebody. Our consultant has told us that they can have a list of candidates for us by that time. And so our goal is to hire somebody by the end of this school year and for me to work alongside them from anywhere from 6 to 12 months so that they're set up for success. I can give them a lot of um, cheats on how, on, on how to know who we are as a church and how to know our community so that they're set up to run and to get vision and to allow us to continue to steward the momentum of what God has for us. Now, some of you may be thinking, but what, what, what about the Buccanares? <laughs> what are they leaving? Where are they going? Our, our plan is to relocate to Amarillo. Um, all of this really got super clear for us in January of this year as we moved into January. There are some fantastic programs for McCoy and Amarillo. Um, all of our family is in Amarillo. If y'all don't know, that's where April and I are both from. I graduated from Tascosa, she graduated from Tascosa the year after me. And um, we just have a great support system there, but there's some fantastic programs that are gonna meet McCoy's needs. Um, we've begun to look at some of those and are looking forward to, to really exploring those and what those are gonna look like on a day-to-day basis for him. Um, I have been a coach uh, with TFAT for almost 10 years now. And I, I enjoy doing that. It's a, it's a wonderful thing that I get to do to, to talk to other pastors. I've told you this on several occasions. Once a month, I have basically what's a grace group with pastors in the panhandle. And we come together and, and are able to pray for each other and talk about issues and, and relevant topics. There, I have an opportunity for that to, to expand into a position um, basically sometime next year. There's, I don't have a lot of, details on when that's going to look like, but anywhere from, from the, the next 12 to 18 months, we're going to need to
1: relocate, and we're going to need to move. Now, today is not goodbye, okay? There's this urgency within me that today is we need to get ready. My desire in my heart is that we
2: prepare for what's coming for GTF. That's the reason that we're being super transparent with you. That's the reason that we're doing this early and not later. is because we want us as a church to come together and facilitate what God's going to do to transition this thing well. Now, this is the thing that I do know, is that this is a moment of truth for Grace Through Faith. And I want to just kind of take a second, and I want to look at at the Word of God for a minute, and I want to give you some pastoral um, wisdom on how it is that we as a church can walk this road ahead of us, okay? So if you would turn in your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, let me, let me define for you what a moment of truth is. I, I just had that statement kind of stick out to me this week whenever I was making some notes about this message. And this is what a moment of truth is. I googled it and it said that a moment of truth is a time when a person is or thing is tested. A decision has to be made or a crisis has to be faced. Now this is what I know is we are not at a place of a crisis here in our church, but we definitely do not want to be. Decisions do need to start being made, and difficult decisions. Like I told you earlier, this is not a conversation that's fun to have, but we need to have it. It has to happen. And so we are in this moment of truth when, when we as a church are going to be tested. It's like the, you can't plan these things <laughs> perfectly, right? It's like today's the day that we have a bunch of new families joining the church. It's like, what a terrible day to talk about this. And this is what I want to tell all of, the, all of you who are newer with us is, hang on. If you haven't been here for very long, one of the things that I know is going to happen is God's fixing to show up. He is going to walk this road with us and something cool is fixing to happen. Look at James chapter 1. And this is why I feel that way. James chapter 1 says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Test. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Three things, real quick, that I I feel like that we have to do as a church family if we're going to walk this road well, if we're going to position ourselves for success. The first one is that we need to posture our hearts in joy. You can have joy in all seasons no matter what's going on. We have to posture our hearts in joy, not fear. Not fatalism, not gloom and doom, not this is the end, but joy. And the reason that, here's James and he's writing that, right? And and Jesus even said something similar to to his disciples. He says, jump for joy whenever people mock you because you're following me. And James is here writing, this is the half-brother of Jesus, and he gets this principle and he's saying to the church at large, he says, whenever your faith is tested and you're going through a difficulty, count it pure joy. Pure joy. How is it that you can say that whenever you go through some of the struggles of life? And and I'm just telling you, I know some of your stories and you guys have been through hard things. Y'all have heard some of our story and we've been through hard things. How is it that somebody can say, count that hard thing pure joy? Here's the reason that you can say that is because joy sees the challenge and the test that's coming and he sees it as an opportunity for the Lord to show up. God is going to be strong whenever we are weak. Whenever we are put in situations, whenever our faith is going to be tested, God has an opportunity to show off and to show himself faithful to who he says he is. And that's exactly what's fixing to happen. Now, I don't know if you've had a bad church experience of whenever a pastor leaves and another pastor comes in, but listen, I can't make any promises of what, how all this is going to happen because I don't know the details and I don't know the future, but this is what I do know, God's faithful. And we have a leadership here that I'm so proud to serve with, who are endeavoring to do something well, and I think that God's going to honor that. I really do. That's what my faith says. Here's the second thing that I think
1: that we've got to do if we're going to be positioned for success: prep for the
2: test. First one is posture, our hearts and joy. The second one is prepare for the test that we're fixing to make. I don't know what your emotional response is going to be. I know with April and I, as we've talked about. Um, you know eventually having to do this with McCoy and even I mean we even think sometimes about what's it going to look like whenever he's 50 and all those different things it's like man the thing that I want to do is just get under the covers and hide the flesh wants to stick your head in the sand and just deny that anything's going to change but listen that's not reality and that's not the posture that God wants you to take prepare for the test and here's how you prepare for this test the thing that is tested whenever you go through a difficult time or you go through change or crisis or any of those things, the thing that is tested is your trust in God. Here's the thing that is not fixing to be tested. Your, your, your wisdom of, or, or your knowledge of Scripture is not about to be tested, right? Your knowledge of Scripture isn't about to be tested. Your, your, your knowledge of Bible characters isn't about to be tex- te- tested. Your piety... What you do with your quiet time and how, how often you pray, that's not about to be tested. What is about to be tested is, do you trust Jesus to get you through this GTF? And he
1: will. There's no doubt in my mind. I have had to walk with
2: this from the day that McCoy is born. God, I trust you. And it's been a struggle to stay in that place of faith. It's been a struggle to stay in that place of trusting. But that is the thing that happens whenever our faith is tested. We need to trust. trust.
1: Jesus. He is the shepherd of this house. I'm, I'm honored to get to work for him, right? But he is the shepherd of this house, and he is not going to forsake this church. Last thing, third thing, persevere. Persevere, period.
2: It doesn't matter what comes next. It doesn't matter what life throws at us. We need to persevere, and here's the reason why. What's happening in and through this church, what's happening in Dumas, the church at large in Dumas, not just us, it matters. It really matters. It matters that that families have a, a place that they can come and that they can hear the word of God preached and marriages can be restored. It matters that people can hear the gospel and hear the message that was even proclaimed this morning that Jesus has made a way for you to have a relationship with the God of the universe. It matters. That's the reason that whenever it gets hard that you push through and you persevere. Listen, what we're gonna do over the next several weeks as we start this sermon series On Your Mark is we're gonna talk about how to walk through this. This isn't a one-day conversation we're gonna have as a church. We're gonna lean into this. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to be people who embrace this and go, okay, God, what are you asking of me? What are you asking of my family? And really, I think the thing that I'm asking of you is that you would persevere that you would hang on, that you would come together as a church family, and that you would take your place in the house. And as you take your place in the house, I can promise you this, God's going to show up. There is no doubt in my mind. So what I want to do this the, for the rest of our time this morning is I want to invite our elders to come up. And here in just a second, we're going to um, do communion together. We're not going to do that yet, but I, I want...
1: Yeah, I have that microphone, please?
2: I told you this earlier but I'm I'm the one that has forced these guys to have this conversation they have not forced this conversation on me Um, but I I think you guys need to hear from them and just kind of their uh, their journey with me through this conversation and so
0: well we can uh, like like Pastor Jory was saying uh, we can be thankful uh, of who God is we know that he does not change, but we know that we are human, and he loves us too much and requires us to change. It's just like this morning when we uh, uh, introduced uh, the families that have, grown, uh, have joined Grace Through Faith. He doesn't expect them to stay there. He expects them to grow. Uh, there's a change. They They need to mature just as we all need to mature, just like... Uh, a couple weeks ago, when we baptized 13 people, they made a decision in their life. It's it's change. We don't always like change, but God loves us too much. He does not want us to grow stale. I'm not saying that GTF is growing stale. Listening to Pastor Jory, we had momentum before, and we're getting that momentum back. We, we, we pray uh, very, very much in our... In our elders meetings these men pray a lot when I first became a an elder ten years ago I came back and I told Becky I said there's two things these men pray a lot and we'd went we went on a retreat today the, the day I, I became an elder I said they eat a lot <laughs> but but we have prayed and we believe that we are following God and We don't always get it right, but we strive to do everything that we do in excellence. And it's not always easy, but God loves us too much to not change us. I don't know who he's talking about eating (laughs) a (laughs) lot.
3: Anyway, um, we've done this for years that someday this was going to happen. So, but like Jory said, you know, we had the consultant. It was like, wow, we have to start now so kind of reality hits and none of us like change you know it's like the book you move my cheese I don't like my cheese Um <laughs> uh, but we know it has to happen and, and this morning I got a, a word that just really uh, inspired me that things were going to be good you know God's in this but he directed me to when Elijah was transferring his ministry to Elisha and uh, Elijah threw his cloak on Elisha up the field, and he was plowing, and he, he uh, slaughtered his oxen and made a sacrifice, burned his, his plow, and, and followed Elijah as a, an attendant. And it was, it was got this picture of Jory leading this new person that is going to have a double portion. Elisha asked for a double portion from the prophet Elijah, and I just felt God would say, this new person is going to have a double portion. And that that's going to be exciting because Jory is an awesome leader, uh, a great teacher. But if we have someone coming in that's going to have a double portion, what can this what what can't this church do for this community in, in leading people to the Lord and and that that just gets me, gets me excited that good things are coming, better things are coming, and that's not a. Uh, Put Jory down, anything because he's led us up to this point, and he made the analogy uh, earlier in the week about passing baton at, on the track meet, and we're going to make that baton pass. So, you know, he's going to get going. He's going to, he's uh, the new guy's going to get going. He's going to l- reach his hand out, and Jory's going to go stick, swat right in the yeah. palm of his hand, and we're going to build that momentum and keep going. We just ask for your support. Keep after. Keep keep with us. Uh, Don't get discouraged because better things are coming.
4: Um, (laughs) You know, one of the things, most of y'all know this, but those of you don't, I farm for a living. I've been in Moore County for 40 years. And one of the things that we deal with constantly, and there's no way of getting away from it, is uncertainty. So when I think about what we're going through right now, and... One of my favorite um, daily devotionals is Utmost for His Highest. And I can't remember if this happens on the 15th or sometime in June. 15th of April, 15th of June, somewhere in that that time frame. uh, He talks about an uncertainty. And it always, I read this every year and it just kind of prepares me for the new season coming on. And it says, and I don't know the exact words, I'm just going to paraphrase this. He says, um, To be certain of God, we're uncertain in all that we do, and we don't know what the next day is going to bring forth. And the sign of a spiritual life is the only thing that we're certain of is our uncertainty. And then he goes on, and this is my approach, and I hope this will be your approach also. He says this, but the way we should handle this is with breathless expectation. So I hope that's what your approach will be as we go through this transition. My prayer is that you will stay the course. We need you. You won't be disappointed. God has a new season in store for us, and we want y'all to be part of that journey.
5: Thank you, ditto. I just want to say, ditto like I could do the other night. I mean, you guys, you guys just took all the words out of my mouth. Um, one of the things that I want to share is as we go through this through this process. Uh, you know this is going to be our third transition and most of you as I look around the the, the sanctuary I don't think y'all have known anybody else but Pastor Jory up here in the pulpit and, and and I want to share that because you know they say I was picking on, on Dr. Moore the other day I mean hindsight is 2020. 20. you know when we started the church 14 families had this heart to start the church and and leave their churches and start a church that God had put together i mean we we had the first grace group out on stalwich road and uh we outgrew that ended up meeting at the ymca and during that time frame uh we outgrew the the ymca ended up at the storefront on 708 south dimis avenue and mike brock came into the picture we went two years without a pastor it was just us lay leaders leading the church developing the church uh laying the foundation of who we are today you know our heart back then was that whoever we brought in as a pastor we were going to tell them who we were not they weren't going to come and tell us who we are and that's worked well since then my point in that is that we transitioned from a lay team to a senior pastor two years after we started and pastor mike led the church for four years almost four years and to, to pastor mike's credit when God called them out, He came before us, and one of the things that I, I vividly remember is He said, "Guys, I've, I've taken the church as far as I can take it," and and if you knew Mike Brock, that was that that had to hurt him because he's if you knew Mike Brock, that had to, that hurt him. <laughs> I know it did to say that, "Hey, guys, I've taken the church as far as I can take it." And so at that time, Pastor Jory is our youth pastor, and. And I know you've heard him up here say before he was 30 years old when he took over the church, but that's not true. He was 29 years old. When we made that decision, he was 29 years old. He was just a kid. And we were concerned, I'll be honest with you. But we knew we had a a diamond in the rough. But... And just knowing the history that transition brought us from one level one glory to glory and this is going to bring us to another, us to another glory it's not fun at all <clears throat> and you know this morning I was struggling at 2 o'clock this morning wondering what am I going to say and you know one of the things that I heard and I heard it here a couple of times already is talking about the team and you know coach there's not an eye in team is there never has been and that's what we have here. We have a team. We love Jory. We're going to miss Jory. But this isn't about Jory the man. This is about the church. And I hope that you people understand that because we still need you. We still need you to continue the ministry that God started 21 years ago and that has flourished under Jory's leadership. And so it's going to be a new beginning for the church, a fresh beginning. And even though it's not goodbye today, we just need to prepare for that day. And so I just want to encourage you guys to, as George said, hang on with us. I think it's going to be a, a tremendous fun ride. And uh we ask that you continue to support us. And one thing that you need to hear today is that God is in control. Jory may be leaving, but Jesus is still here. Amen. And we're going to persevere just want to thank all of you, all especially online. There's a lot of folks, you may not know this, there's a lot of folks online that I haven't, I don't even know who they are, but yet we see their name every weekend when they do the text giving. And we want to thank you out there for your continued support of the church and ask that you continue to do that as well as for the church here today. We still have a lot of work to do to grow the kingdom in Dumas, Texas. And we want y'all to be a part of that. Amen.
2: Thank you guys. Yeah, y'all give them a hand. just want to thank our elders for just their, their, the them for their leadership in this and having the right perspective. Uh, And I just want to articulate this and then we're going to kind of land the plane. Okay. Um, I'm not leaving tomorrow. I'll be here next Sunday. And so you guys um, don't get that idea that what we, we just felt this burden. We have to start talking about this. And so as you guys who have been here for a while know, we just want to be transparent. We want you to know what's going on so that you can, um, number one, we want to ask you, I, I think that Joe is right. It's like, we want you to continue to financially support the church to lead grace groups, to show up and, and, and help us perform the ministry that God's called us to because none of this needs to stop. It's like we still need to pull pa- families into what God's doing here. We still need to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Savior. All of that stuff matters and it needs to continue and we can't do it without you. But the other thing I want to ask you to do is to pray for us. Um, we have uh, some grueling uh, meetings coming the next several months where we're going to be looking at candidates and, and we want God's hand to direct us. We want God to show up and begin to speak to us. And so I, I just want to call all of our church to be praying for GTF, to be praying for our elders, that we would be sensitive to what God's doing and, and, and we're going to follow. That's our commitment. We're going to try to follow the Lord as best as we possibly can. Okay. So if you would stand with me, we're going to, we're going to receive communion before we leave. And if you need some elements, our ushers would be glad to give those to you. I really appreciate what these guys said because, uh, and and by the way, I don't take offense to this, it will tickle me pink if the next pastor that comes in here can take this further than I could, that is the goal that is, that's my heart that's what I want to see happen, that's what I'm praying and yearning for and I want to help it happen as much as I possibly can and so as they're talking about this this is what I want want to direct our attention to as we take this, uh, this cup and this bread and Jesus gave us this sacrament and he told us to remember him and I, our common union, GTF, is not Jory Buccaneau. Our common union is Jesus Christ and him crucified in the new covenant, covenant that he's given to us. And so I think the, the proper way to, to, to solidify this conversation today is to direct our eyes to Jesus. He is the, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. And so I want to I ask you to just go ahead and take these elements and then I want to pray for us. Jesus, we thank you. And Jesus, we, we turn our attention here at Grace Through Faith in Dumas, Texas. We turn our attention to who you are and who you said you would be. And Lord, you have said that you'll be faithful, that you would never leave us and that you would never forsake us. And so, Father, we as a church family, we direct our attention to your son, Jesus. And Father, I pray that as people's faith is, is tested, I pray, God, that you would give them your strength that you would do um, what only you can do in their lives and that you would lead us and guide us because this is what we know, that you are a good shepherd, that you lead us beside still waters. You take us to green pastures. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear any kind of evil. And so Father, I bless this church. I bless the journey ahead. And I pray, Father, that you would be glorified in every way in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Y'all have a wonderful week.